Let us pray. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you. Open our minds to understand you and open our hearts to love you. And then strengthen our feet to run after you. For your name's sake we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Pop quiz for the morning. Everybody ready? You come to church to take a pop quiz, right? Good. All right, good. Everybody know this guy? Okay, good. I know the rest of you know him too. That's okay. This, of course, is the beloved character Linus from Peanuts. And I suspect we can all identify with Linus, can't we? And maybe specifically the security blanket that he carried around with him, perhaps. Full disclosure, mine was called a blue-brown. Now, I'm not recording this sermon, and if you say this publicly, I will deny it vehemently. (laughs) My blue-brown was the little blanket that I carried around as a toddler. Maybe yours was a teddy bear or a doll or something else. Whatever it was, when we were little, most all of us, most all of us held on to something Something that made us feel secure. Something that made us feel comforted. Something that made us feel protected. Now, let's think about this guy. We know who this is? Well, yeah, he's there. (laughs) And he's there with the character we read about this morning known as Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. It's interesting that Mark names him. It's interesting that Mark names him. Many who receive miracles in the Gospels are not named. They're simply described in more general terms. The rich young ruler who we recently read about. The woman at the well. The man with a demon. And it's hard to know exactly why Mark chooses to name Bartimaeus. But we do know this. We know that naming a person dignifies him, right? It affirms his presence in your midst. It acknowledges his identity, his value, his worth, that he or she, in fact, does matter and means something. We don't really know why blind Bartimaeus is a beggar either. What twists and turns of life may have taken him to that place. But we do get a small glimpse a small glimpse of what his life as a beggar was like. So let's look at how the text describes the scene this morning. Jesus, we are told, is in and around the town of Jericho. Of course, his disciples are there following along with him, but they aren't the only ones who are with Jesus in this story. We're told that a great multitude is there also. A large crowd is tagging along with the disciples. In other words, lots and lots of people are trying to get close to Jesus. And there Bartimaeus sits on the side of the road. And he hears that Jesus is approaching. And this, my friends, is where I want us to focus our attention for a few minutes. Recall that Bartimaeus is blind. He's physically blind. He can't see. Recall that he's a beggar, and so remember what that means. He's an outcast. He's a reject. Bartimaeus is a 
throwaway. It's not unlike our day and time, right, where people might be afraid of him. Or they simply choose to ignore him, or maybe their hearts have become hardened against him. And clearly this crowd has dismissed Bartimaeus in that kind of way. For as Jesus approaches, we heard it in the gospel, Bartimaeus begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But the crowd, they they begin to rebuke Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, the beggar Bartimaeus. They tell him to be silent. Stop talking. Don't speak anymore. Can you imagine how he must have felt? The feelings of worthlessness that must have begun to well up inside of him. The temptation to shroud himself in his security blanket. Yes, Bartimaeus had a security blanket, didn't he? It was his cloak, his, his mantle, as the text described it this morning. And what did that mantle do for him? It certainly preserved him against the harshness of the elements around him, right? But it also protected him against the hardness of the human heart, the jeers, the sneers, the insults, and the injuries. Don't you know that if if this were like any other time, if this were like any other occasion where blind Bartimaeus had sat there begging day after day, month after month, year after year, don't you know if this were like any other time, he might have taken that mantle, that shawl, that security blanket, and just lifted it up right over his head, wishing everyone else were blind too. Right? But here's the thing. This this is not like every other time, is it? There is one significant difference this time, isn't there? Jesus is there. This time, Jesus is in the story. And it turns out that makes all the difference in the world. This time, as the crowds try to shush and silence blind Bartimaeus, sending him the signal that Jesus doesn't have time for him, Jesus is not interested in him, this time it's different. This time, blind Bartimaeus refuses to be silenced. In fact, this time he cries out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And as he cries out, Jesus does something remarkable. He stops. He notices blind Bartimaeus, the beggar. And then he speaks to the crowd. And he simply says to the crowd, Call him. Call him. You, you participate in what I'm about to do. Call him. Notice him. Dignify this man who has a name and who has value and worth. And this time, Bartimaeus does not throw his cloak over him. He throws it off of him. And he gets up and he approaches Jesus. He doesn't let his past define him. He doesn't allow the people to prevent him. He rises up and he runs straight to Jesus. He simply refuses to be defined by the crowd anymore. 
He simply refuses to be deterred by the crowd anymore. He did whatever it took to get Jesus' attention. No, he did whatever it took to get Jesus. Right? No one or no thing was going to get in his way. So that gives us some things to think about. Some things we can soak into our own hearts and minds this morning, some things that we can apply to our lives every morning. First, are we shrouded in a false sense of security? Are we shrouded in a false sense of security? As, as toddlers, we, we don't know any better, right? We grab onto things that give us the perception of security, but eventually we realize they're just things. And we let them go. But then the arduous journey to adulthood begins, doesn't it? We strain, we struggle, we strive to find our place in this world. Who am I? What am I doing here? And is this all there is? And on that journey, we start hearing things, don't we? Our own conscience, our parents, our friends and others. And some of them are very well-intentioned and well-meaning, and we're thankful for them. But others, as we know, they're not. They're called the world, the flesh, and the devil. And my friends, make no mistake, they will try to blind us from the things of God and lure us into a false sense of security. But the truth is this. The world can't tell us who we are. Our flesh doesn't always know exactly why we're here. And the devil would have us believe a lie that this is all there is. Listen to those voices and we'll find ourselves begging for mercy one day. But here's the really cool part of the story. Did you catch this? Remember that Bartimaeus was blind, physically blind, and that tells us something very significant in the context of this story. One thing it tells us is that he never saw a single miracle that Jesus performed. Not one. Not one. He never saw Jesus walk on the water. He never saw Jesus heal the sick. He didn't see Jesus raise the dead. He didn't see Jesus cast out demons. But this is what blind Bartimaeus could do. And this is what he did do. He listened. He listened. He listened for the Word of God, and then he listened to the Word of God. And it turns out in this story, blind Bartimaeus is the only one who got it right, isn't he? Blind Bartimaeus is the one who had eyes, eyes of faith. It turns out the blind man was the one who could see in this story. So here's the second thing for us to consider, are we listening? Blind Bartimaeus may have looked like a beggar to the world, but that's not what he looked like to Jesus. To Jesus, he looked like someone who had dignity, someone who had worth, someone who had meaning, someone who had purpose. In God's economy, you see, everybody matters. Everybody matters in God's economy. Because we're all part of God's creation. Every person here this morning matters. And guess what? Every person who's not here 
matters to God. Bartimaeus learned how to listen. That's what he looked like to Jesus, is someone who learned how to listen. Someone who learned how to listen to the Word of God, and the result of his ability to listen was a life that was forever changed. That's the rest of the story. Isn't it amazing? Seven short verses. This is only seven verses. Look what happened in seven short verses. You see... Here's the thing. The more that we spend time getting ready for God, the more likely it is that God will actually show up in our lives. Can I say that again? Thank you. (laughs) Love a good audience. (laughs) The more that we spend time getting ready for God, the more likely it is that God's going to show up in our lives. And, and when He shows up in our lives, get ready, because He just might ask us the question, what do you want me to do for you? Right? And then we better get ready, because we just might like the answer. Because He's good. What? Wait a minute, we've done this before. God is good. And all the time. Because that's His nature. The more time we spend preparing for the God, the more likely it is that God's going to show up. And when He does, He might just ask us, what do you want me to do for you? And we better get ready because we might just like what He does. You see, there's a point to this story, and it's pretty simple. Without Jesus, nothing changes. Without Jesus, Bartimaeus sat there day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, confined to the life of a blind beggar who didn't matter to the crowd at all. But with Jesus, everything changes. When Jesus showed up in the story, when Jesus showed up in his life, as Jesus shows up in our life, everything changes In fact, let me tell you how drastically it changed. After Jesus had healed blind Bartimaeus, after he granted him the request of his sight, Jesus does something incredibly remarkable. Did you catch the end of the story? Did you catch what he said to blind Bartimaeus? Go your way. Go your, whatever way that is, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And here's the point. Knowing what Jesus had done for blind Bartimaeus in his life, he wasn't about to go his way anymore, was he? Which way did he go? God's way. That's exactly right. Because God is good all the time and all the time. Thank you, my voice went dry. Appreciate you finishing the sentence. So let me leave us with this. Because of episodes like Blind Bartimaeus and because of encounters like this all throughout the Gospels and because of the abiding witness of the church for 2,000 years now, I am absolutely convinced of this truth to the very core of my being. I believe that Jesus actually wants to change this world. He actually wants to change this world. And here's the thing. I believe also that the way Jesus is going to change the world 
is he's going to start with the church. That's consistently how he does it in Scripture. From the Old Testament all the way through the New up to today. And that means he's going to change me. And if we're willing to spend time with him, like we've been talking about, he's going to change us. That our song, our song, must be the song of amazing grace. That God saved a wretch like me. That, that, that I once was blind and now I see. The blind beggar has a name. He's known to us as Bartimaeus and he's known to us for one reason and one reason alone. He's known to us because he asked Jesus to change his life. That's why we know who blind Bartimaeus is today. And here's the question. Is there something God wants to do in your life and in my life that looks something like blind Bartimaeus? And let me make a reasonable speculation about the answer because there are plenty of beggars on the road right now. They're all looking for the same spiritual food and someone has to be there to show them where to find it. So I've been thinking more and more about this salt and light idea. And it's funny how when you get ready for God by spending time with Him, He actually shows up and He starts saying more stuff to you. So I've just kind of been landing on salt and light. Here's what He said to me this week. Light is lots of things. Light is warmth. Light is heat. But light is something else. Light is transparent. You can see through it. And Jesus, I think, would have us live lives of transparency. No one lights a lamp and hides it under a bushel, but they put it on a stand and it gives off light to everyone in the room. Salt is lights of things. Salt preserves. Salt enhances. But the way that salt most directly affects our lives is when we engage our mouths with it. So who have you been talking to about Jesus? Awesome. Let's keep talking about that guy. Who will you talk to about Jesus? Who have you been inviting to Christ the Redeemer? Who will you invite to Christ the Redeemer? Because this is where salvation is found. In the preaching of the Word that changes our lives and the sacraments of the church that assure us that this is where Jesus meets us and this is where we know that we matter. You know what I'm going to say? A city on a hill, it can't be hid. Let your light so shine before everyone that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven because you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. You are those things, Christ the Redeemer. Because God has declared that you are. Amen.